The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Kyle Coster Show, presented by The Big Lead. I have a bonus episode for you today. Nabil Kareem is my guest. We are breaking news on this podcast. That's a first. Hopefully it will not be a last. The longtime TSN anchor who took a stop at ESPN is now joining Turner Sports. He debuts on Friday on NBA TV. He will be doing studio work for the NBA, the NHL, as well as anything else that comes up. Turner has a robust portfolio of live sports rights. Not an ad, just a fact. We had a nice conversation about his excitement over the new role, his path to get there, what he likes best about basketball, what he likes best about hockey. We dive deep into his fashion. It was a fun conversation. I really appreciate him joining. Without further ado, let's go to the interview. Nabil Kareem is my guest. He has recently reached a multi-year agreement with Turner Sports. He will serve as a host for NBA TV, also contribute as a host and reporter across basketball and hockey programming. He makes his debut this Friday on NBA Game Time at 7 p.m. on NBA TV. And Nabil, why Turner and why right now? You know, it's just an exciting opportunity. You know, it's funny, like I think about like broadcasters here in the United States, and I wonder how many uh, of them their favorite two sports are hockey and basketball in that combination, right? And, and being a Canadian growing up with hockey, uh, that was 1A, 1B for me growing up. And those are my two favorite sports. And when Turner acquired the NHL uh, and this opportunity came up to work in hockey and basketball, it was it was a no-brainer. It's I'm so excited to be here. And, you know, they got so many properties, but the two that are really exciting to me are the ones I grew up loving. Like I love, I played basketball growing up. As a Canadian, you have to love hockey. You they take your passport away. Having that opportunity to do both of them, it was just, I mean, I, I feel blessed to, to be in this position. Where does the genesis of your interest in doing this as, as a living begin? You know, what's funny, like I go back and like, I, I wanted to get into sports broadcasting when I was a kid. <clears throat> I shouldn't say kid, teenager. And then it was one of those things where I, I just kind of, when I hit like grade 11, grade 12, when you started to get serious about what you're actually going to do, uh, I, I just kind of dropped it because, 
you know, there wasn't a lot of jobs at that time. Uh, there wasn't a lot of people who looked like me at that time. And I'm coming from Canada. And so I dropped it. I went to university. I was doing criminology. That was my, my major. I was about two years in. My sister, was a, she's a criminal lawyer, but she was in uh, law school at that time. So it's just kind of following her footsteps, taking the easy way out. Um, and it was like two and a half years in. And I'm like, dude, I had such an itch. Um, there was a, a sportscaster in Vancouver. His name was Don Taylor. A local legend and I just watched him and he was having so much fun like so much fun and that's what I wanted to do and that's when I kind of made the switch I had this conversation with my parents which I will never forget because they're like, like what, what do you mean broadcast you're gonna be on like tv like are you crazy like no you're gonna be you're going to law right it's like the safe thing to do I still think I could have been a lawyer by the way I would have been an average lawyer but I still could have been a lawyer um but I made this like deal with them basically that like I would get my undergrad and then I would go to broadcast school. And if I wasn't successful in five years and success to me was getting into a major market in Canada, um, then I would go to law school after that. I might've lied to them a little bit. I don't know if I would've went, but that's what I told them at the time. And that's what convinced them that, okay, hey, listen, we see the passion that, that he has for this. Uh, he's done his homework. Okay, let's let him do it or let's support him. And they did, but uh, that's kind of how it all started. So did that detour, number one, did it make you want it more? And did kind of putting like a date of expiration of, okay, well, I'm going to go back to do what plan A was. Did that make you work harder? Or do you think that you would have always had the focus if you didn't kind of step away from it and abandon it for a bit? Yeah, no, I think it did. I think I put a lot of pressure on myself because I gave myself this five-year window to, to be successful. And what I was doing at that time, I was contacting people in the industry who were successful and finding out like how they got there. And, and I would go on like website bios and read, I'm just such a nerd, doing all this sort of stuff and trying to figure out how can I get to where they are today and what's realistic. And that's why I, I kind of came up with this five-year plan. But it was also like extra motivation, man, because when I was telling people that I'm leaving a potential career in law to, uh, to go into broadcasting, uh, there were a lot of people who would snicker, you know, a lot of people who would be like, oh, really? Like, you know, that kind of thing. And so that was external motivation too to, to, to prove them wrong. Um, and I think that kind of helped. And I worked so hard at that time. I worked way harder <laughs> in school and in my first couple of jobs I never did now. Like it just, those first jobs, just to get them, to grind through them, I think, um, it's a great learning experience, but when you're in it, it's really tough. And looking back, you realize how hard you work. But I think there was just so many external motivations, uh, including the one I kind of placed on myself, the pressure I placed on myself. But yeah, I definitely think looking back and, and just, I, I never really thought of it, but you know, the way you place, uh, place that question, yeah, by giving myself that window, I was like, I better be successful. Otherwise, you know, it's kind of a failure and people were right. Well, the industry is so tough the gate is so narrow that it's intentionally meant to wean people out. So essentially the thought process is the cream rises to the top, but lots of times the net catches people who would have been great. They just couldn't either stick with it for a lot of outside reasons. So it's, it's awesome, you know, that you never really have to work harder than when you do when you're right out of school, uh, especially like in those small markets and you have to love it because otherwise you kind of look around usually the pay is not so great. And you wonder, do I actually want this? But I think for a lot of us, that solidifies the idea that yes, this is the only way for us to go. 100%. And when I talk to people who are like students or people who reach out to me, 
I always tell them the same sort of thing. What you just said right now, you got to really love this, especially if you want to be on it. You've got to really love this. Otherwise, it, it can be a really tough industry to be in. You can get stuck. Um, and so that's a, you got to really love that. But, but I also think like, again, when you're in the moment and things are difficult, uh, it's hard, especially, you know, in this industry, right? Like you're working your ass off. Right. Um, and, and I look back at the jobs that I had when I first started and how hard I was working, but now looking and reflecting upon that, like that's part of that journey. Right. And in my career, I look at even when I got my big breaks, I struggled at times and you go up and down, you have great moments. You have moments like, oh, I wish I was better. I had more confidence in myself. Um, but that's all part of that journey. And I'm like living proof of that. Like my, my career has not gone like this. It's gone like this, 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 this. And I've had some, had some great luck. I've had some great people who have believed in my potential. Um, and then there's times where you get put in these positions where, and I always tell kids this too, and I said kids, students, uh, I am kind of old, so maybe kids. But like I tell them and I say, hey, listen, like don't ever feel you're not ready. When you get that opportunity and somebody believes in you, you're ready, right? And you get put in that position and when you do, usually the supporting cast around you is so good that, you know, you will rise to the top, like you said. So um, it, it's one of those things, again, when I reflect back, I look back, I started in this place called Prince George, BC. It was like a town of like 75, 80,000 people. I was a news reporter. I was doing uh, three days TV, two days radio. I sucked at radio. I was so bad, man. It, I was just doing the news updates, not even like talk radio, but I got through it and um, tough times when you're in the moment, but again, just valuable, valuable learning experiences. And then you catch your breaks, uh, you know, through hard work and, and a bit of luck. Turner's NBA coverage is really the standard. And, you know, that main studio show stands out so much as one of the most iconic of all time. Have you taken the opportunity to reflect on the people you're going to get to work with? I know you've worked alongside so many great names in the past and probably been in positions that, you know, you, you set expectations, you set goals. You never really think about what it's going to be like sitting next to them, especially doing something that in some way is like artistic. You're working together. I'm in a, in a creative project and seeing the magic firsthand. Who are you most excited to work with joining a new team? I would imagine it's going to unlock like that extra bit of, of passion to attack each and every single day in a way that you try to do every day, but it just should lock you in. Great point. And I'll tell you a funny story is that, again, I used to watch hosts so carefully. So I'm watching these panels and you watching, you know, the NBA and TNT for years now, and it's so good. And like, but I would always watch uh, Ernie the most because Ernie is my favorite broadcaster. And so um, what's funny was when I came to uh, Atlanta a little while ago and I met some of the people, I met Shaq, met Chuck. I didn't meet Kenny. Great. Shaq was really nice. Uh, Chuck, super nice. But I was almost like fanboying over Ernie. And because I, he's the guy, I mean, I've been looking up to him for so long and he was so nice to me. Uh, you know, he's willing to give me advice and, and be a mentor, which is just amazing. But for me, that was, that was a really cool moment. You know, I look at a guy like Wayne Gretzky, who's now here on our NHL team and being Canadian, um, it, it's kind of going to be an honor to work with Wayne. Like, you know, he's going to be, he's part of the team. He's one of the guys, you're one of the guys too. And you're part of that team, but just, you know, that almost that little some symbolic nature, like with a guy who is the great one in Canada, he's the great one in all of hockey. And so I look at myself and I think back, I'm like, 
being 13, 14, 15, when I kind of had this dream, I would have never thought I'd be on the same team as like Wayne Gretzky on a broadcast team. So I haven't met Wayne yet. I'm still wondering, like, here's a question for you. Do I call him Wayne or can I call him Gretz 99? Like, I don't know, because the first impressions are really big, right? So I'm still working on that one with Wayne because, you know, you don't want to make that bad first impression, especially not with a guy named Great One, right? So I, I got to figure that out. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, working with Wayne will be really cool at some point. And like you said, just all the creative juices are starting to come out because you see them doing it on a daily basis on the hockey side now and in basketball we've seen forever. So I, I just can't wait to get going. Well, I think, I think you got to go with Wayne. Uh, I think you got to act as if uh, I learned that from boiler room. Uh, one of the yeah. uh, formative movies of my youth, you know, you're at the same desk, you're equals. He doesn't want to be called the great one. I think that that one is, is no, see, I wouldn't call him the great one. But like, you know, when you're like boys, you could be like, hey, 99 or hey, Gretz. Gretz is what everyone calls him, Gretz. But I don't know if I can get to that level right away. You know, it's just one of those things. I'm overthinking it. But again, it's Wayne Gretz. So, yeah. No, I, I get it. I, I, would, I, would be in the, I would be in the same shoes and I would probably just avoid using uh, his name altogether because I would be too nervous uh, and, and overthink it. One of the things that I've noticed, and this is a very serious question, uh, when I see you on air, uh, I think that you're one of the better dressed people I see on air. You got the hair going. Who is responsible for your look outside the obvious of the jeans? Do you have uh, someone who curates your fashion or how does that all come together? Well, I appreciate that. I actually really appreciate that that you said that. Um, I did my hair for the Zoom right now. I'm not even going to lie to you. I flew in at 5 a.m. this morning and I'm like, okay, before the Zoom, I was going to go all like, I'm like, no, I'm coming on the Zoom and I'm coming professional. So I did do that for you. Um, you know what? I love, I love suits. I love fashion and that sort of stuff, you know, especially when it comes to like business casual, that kind of thing. And so even when I was in Canada, I just did my own thing. You know, we had a stylist there and we got to a point where I was like, Hey, can I just do my own thing? I love, you know, finding different suits and so forth. And that's what I did at ESPN too. They, they kind of realized that that was something they could trust me with. Um, so I, I just, honestly find inspiration. I used to get like GQ magazine and look through that. And then, uh, I realized like Instagram now, you know, I have all these, if you go to my explore page, it's got a whole bunch of like random guys from like Italy who are wearing like these crazy suits or whatever. Uh, but I mean, I, I take pride in, in trying to look okay. You know, I think um, I toned it down a little bit maybe in the last couple of years, just with the pandemic and so forth, I haven't shopping that much, but um, I, I do take pride. So for you recognizing that, that's a big deal for me. Yeah, you got it. I will. Uh, I don't have Indochino as a sponsor, but if I did, it would be a great plug right see, now. That's see, that's that is a hack right there. So I went to Indochino for my last set of suits. I'd never gone to them before. I used to go to Suit Supply, did a lot of Tiger Sweden, some Boss here or there, whatever. But Indochino, my last experience with them was amazing. So I'm going back to them. If they want to sponsor me, do some kind of deal, hit me up. But uh, no, like they were great last time. And, and you know, here's the thing: I've seen Henry Lundqvist is joining us every so often now on the NHL and TNT. Now, when that guy shows up, I got to wear my best suit. I'm not going to look as good as him, clearly, but I, I have to show up because I think he came with like a velvet black suit last time. Like the guy's, the guy looks perfect. That's a problem. So like, I'm going to have to cover my best if, if I'm working with him. Blindsided, a new podcast from our friends at the Players' Tribune is about sports, mental health, and life. Hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh, the podcast will share and analyze the moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and what happened when it did. 
The podcast lets listeners hear these athletes describe moments when mental health became the most important focus in their lives. Blindsided then dives in deeper. It gets clinical and it allows listeners to leave with an understanding of the different varieties of mental health challenges people face, why they appear, and how athletes in particular face them down. Blindside is a sports podcast, not only for people who follow sports, but also for those who don't. That's Blindsided from Players Tribune. How did you develop your own personal style? Do you think that you have an on-air style or are you just being yourself? And when you get into these positions, TSN, ESPN, Turner, NBA TV, how do you make sure that you're not just parroting what you've seen other people do but you're embracing things that work best for you. You know, I, I, the advice I got when I got to ESPN, <clears throat> especially when, when you get to a place like ESPN, jumping from TSN to ESPN, um, was just be yourself. Like we hired you for you. And one of the big downfalls for some people who come to that place like that is that they try to be like what they're seeing from some of these other legends, these other anchors. And so I think my transition from TSN ESPN, I don't think I tried to go out of my way to be like anybody else. I think I was maybe a little more conservative at the start because you want to fit in and you're coming in and you're unsure. Like not too many Canadians go down to ESPN and do sports center there. So I wanted to come in, you know, be really solid right at the beginning. Um, but I would go back to my time at TSN. I was still trying to figure out my style. And I just realized, I think it was like halfway through the first four years I was there, I was just kind of, not that I was like trying to emulate other people, but I was trying to figure things out uh, more impressionable for sure. And, and, and not being confident enough in myself. And then to say in my last four years, I was just like, you know what, screw this. I'm just going to be myself as much as I can. Um, and, and that's when, you know, my career kind of started to take off a little bit, just because people can, people see that, right? Like they can tell you're being genuine. And for me, that's not, I don't have like one liners or highlights and things like that. I'm just, when I read my highlights, it's usually just I'm excited about the play or I'm excited about what happened. And I try to portray it like I would with my buddies if I'm at home. And that's kind of my style, just kind of being natural and, and kind of being the way I would be with my friends. And I think, you know, in, in, in a place like Turner, where everything's a little more loose from what I understand, uh, and, and you could be more creative, you can have more conversations, we have time to do those sorts of things. Um, that's where I'm really excited because when I was at TSN and I got those hosting opportunities, I worked with Sam Mitchell, who's at Turner. Uh, we did March Madness together and we had a lot of time to have conversations. And that's when a lot of fun comes out. And I think more personality also starts to, to build and just easily kind of naturally uh, exude through the TV. That's a really excellent point. Uh, and it's something that's been noticed from the outside. So many of these halftime shows or studio shows, you come to the table and people have the opportunity to say like 15 seconds, right? And there's just no time for anything to breathe. And even you can be the greatest broadcaster or analyst in the world, but if you have to give your thoughts that would fit in a tweet, you can't really showcase this and you can't dig deep on the issues. So it seems like expanding on the conversations in a more relaxed tone is something that you're really looking forward to do. Absolutely. And they're just different platforms, right? Like when I was on SportsCenter, you know, things are a little more rigid just because of timing issues. And we, and we have to do so many different things on that show. We're not covering just the NBA or just the NHL or NFL, whatever it is. We're covering everything, right? And we have 60 minutes or whatever the time is. Um, and so when you're talking to somebody, you got that three-minute window. Like here, 
we're going to have more free flowing conversations as they do. You, you see on NBA TV and as you're seeing, you know, on hockey and basketball and our programming. Um, and, and I'm really looking forward to kind of digging into that and just having more conversation and, and kind of letting it flow. And you know what, if there's a great follow up, let's go with that, you know, and let's go that way. Um, and so I think just that creativeness, like just that, that process and just the conversation that could come out of it. That's what I think is going to be really neat and something that I'm really, really looking forward to doing. What do you like about covering the NBA? It's a very basic question, but I'd love to ask people whose job it is to do this stuff. Like what still excites you night to night? These guys are incredible athletes. You know, um, I played high school basketball and, you know, you just look at some of these, some of these, some of these guys, every single one of these guys who was in the NBA is a phenomenal athlete. And, and then I try to tell people too, like when you do court side reporting, if you get close enough, you know, you're sitting close enough, the game is so different live in person than it is when you're watching on TV, right? It's way more physical. You get a greater appreciation of just how great these guys are. So I was lucky enough. I covered a lot of those Toronto Raptors series right before they won the championship. But I had a whole bunch of years where I was covering them and LeBron was coming in every year in town and just smoking us. Uh, but he would come in and it was, it was like a religious experience to watch this guy. It, it was just unbelievable to be so close and see all the little things he was doing, Kyrie Irving and all these guys. And even guys on the Raptors like DeMar DeRozan. I'm so happy for DeMar right now and the way he's playing. Uh, he was a great Raptor. He was so good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just like taken away by it. Uh, how incredible these guys are and how easy, honestly, how easy they make it look. You know, you're watching shoot around and guys are like Clay and Steph and these guys are dropping like, you know, 15, 20 shots in a row, whatever it is. I think Steph didn't miss for five minutes or something. There was one practice with that, you know, the, that clip that went viral. I mean, shoot a basketball, but anyone out there, right? Anyone, you know, it's not easy, right? And so I think it's just that, just that awe, having played, loved the sport. I love the characters. I love um, the personality of the sport. I think it's amazing. I think a lot of sports are trying to go that way, uh, but they lead the way in that for sure. Like the, the it's almost like the off season has more storylines than the season itself sometimes, right? So there's just so much to love about the NBA on and off the court, I think. Yeah, I'll tell you the off the court drama and the personality soap opera, if you will, is something that I yeah. didn't really understand or appreciate. Then I saw it reflected in our traffic and I saw what people are truly interested in. And if you learn to understand what's going on personality wise in the NBA, especially because it's one of the few sports where isolation ball is, is so prominent, you know, exactly the faults and the strengths of every single person's game so you really can understand what they're trying to do on the court as well as how that fits in with their personality off of it and how that can react with other people on a team I think that that's a really fun thing to experience and to learn more about because the more you tap in you know we have the Players Tribune over here at Minute Media and just hearing those experiences of what goes into being a teammate what goes in to being an employee and all the challenges and the stuff that you don't understand really makes you appreciate them performing kind of like gladiators night in and night out. Yeah. And when you look at college basketball and you see the best players in college basketball, right? It's rare that the guy comes to the NBA, these top, top draft picks and dominates right away. Right. It just shows you the level, the difference level between the NBA and college and 
and just some of the best players were playing in college coming over and assimilating and trying to get better and, and just kind of working their way up because a lot of them, it takes them a long time, right? It's just the NBA is that much better. It's the best of the best. And so I just think the NBA never fails to provide drama. And so I'm always intrigued by it. The headlines are always there. And so if it's not a great game, buzzer beater, exciting finish, there's something else going on that's happening with a certain team and there's always something to talk about. And if there's always something to talk about, that's really good for the sport, I think. Same question for the NHL. I grew up uh, in Michigan from a hockey family. So the sport has always been at the forefront of my mind. And the thing that stands out to me is just the selflessness of the team, the egalitarian nature of it all. You have been able to dig deep and really understand the inner machinations of the league and the sport for a long time. What is something that broader audience with this being the first year at Turner will learn to love about the NHL? Well, I think like, and I agree with what you're saying. It's always a team first mentality, right? And that's what hockey gets criticized for sometimes is they don't have enough personalities. That's actually not true. If you, if you talk to these players and hopefully they'll show it more now that, you know, we have it on TNT and we're doing a different way, a little different. Uh, and even on ESPN, you know, um, I, I think hopefully we can show more personality because if you talk to these players, you hang out with them, they got a ton of personality. They're a lot of fun. It's just, it's always been a team first mentality. So everyone's a little more quiet when it comes to media and that sort of thing. But I, I think one thing like the average hockey fan might not know, it, it's just like these players that are coming in, the game has never been so skilled and so fast. Right. And I think that's great for the age that we're in where you need something to go viral every night in the NHL, there is an incredible goal. Uh, especially when you got a guy like Connor McDavid, he's doing it on an almost on a nightly basis, right? Uh, but there are so many other good young players that you are seeing the level of play at just this crazy level right now. And you have some of the older guys who are kind of retired now, um, what they think about the game. And I think a lot of them would say it's never been faster, right? Like the skill level is incredible. The goaltenders are better than they've ever been. So to see a guy like Alexander Ovechkin doing what he's doing right now at his age, to be scoring and chasing Wayne, the what I call him Wayne, not Gretz, chasing Wayne uh, the way he is and potentially will catch up. That is incredible. And so I, I just think the game's in a great spot to sell um, what it's really about, which is, you know, the skill, the speed. Uh, and I think too, it, I just don't get, like, I know like Americans, they say Americans don't love hockey. Well, they, it's kind of parallel to football in a way. It's always hard hitting. There's fight and not as many fights as before, but fights. And so I just think exposing it a little more, a little more personality, I think will do uh, a lot for the game because it's an incredible, incredible product right now. And it's on the rise only because, well, mainly because they have so much young talent coming in right now that for the next 10 years, next decade, you got just a whole set of players that is just top of line. Fantastic. And I think it rewards fans too, in the same way that baseball does, because so many people get out on the ice and can impact the game. They can be the star. Anyone can be the star any given night. It's yeah. not really analogous to the NBA. Like in baseball, you might have a middle reliever who comes in, throws three innings of shutout ball and, and saves the day. You might have uh, you know, a, a fourth string defenseman who comes in and, and blocks a few shots in the NHL. Yeah. You're rewarded for the more you know about the hockey game that you're watching and the teams that are participating. hundred percent. Like you said, team first mentality, like 
in the NBA, if you have three superstars, you're, you're probably going to win most nights or have a good chance to win most nights. And if you have three dominating superstars, you're probably going to go deep in the playoffs, right? Whereas in the NHL, you could have three dominating players. You might not win the Stanley Cup. Like, it, it's it's just so different the way those two sports are kind of based and and the way the team is, is situated and, and the way the sport is, right? So you're, you got you got a lot more quality in hockey and that's just the way it is right anyone can win on any year um it's great to see that we have so many superstars in the game and the ones that are aging like the crosby's and ovechkins are still playing at a pretty high level a very high level but then you've got the mcdavid's and dry cycles and all these other guys so um i think the game again is in a good place but you're right on any given day and especially in the playoffs you see this in the playoffs a lot you got the unsung heroes in the playoffs guys who just come out of nowhere the third line guy who might even, you know, have an opportunity to win the Conn Smythe Trophy because he's played so well and helped his team get so far in the playoffs. Tampa Bay has been a great story with all the depth that they've had. So you're 100% right about um, just any guy on any day on any hockey team could make a huge difference. You make your turn to debut this Friday on NBA TV, NBA game time, 7 p.m. Congratulations, and we're looking forward to see you grow over there. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this, Kyle. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.